0: and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God you all know I was raised in the church I'm a PK preacher's kid I grew up going to church every Sunday there was not a choice to do otherwise I was there in the mornings and, and there most evenings either with evening worship or with youth activities that was just the way it was there there were no other options and even if there were options there weren't really options fast forward a little to my college years I felt called to ministry my freshman year at University of Georgia but believe it or not I wasn't super active in a church like a lot of college students I let my church attendance slack I went I went here and there I mean I finally had a choice I could decide to go or sleep in I could finally make that choice But there's a the thing about God's calling on your life you can't ignore it God eventually wears you down. So, soon during or around the end of my sophomore year, during my junior year, I became a youth director, actually a a co-youth director with a former youth member at our home church in Sandersville, Georgia. I would do that for a year before I got married to Kristen and began pastoring my first appointment in Adrian, Georgia. So I say this for this very reason... I have said half-jokingly, half-serious, that I believe a huge part of God's calling me to ministry was to make sure I was in church. Sure, uh, God wants to use me as a preacher, as a leader, but God knew that I didn't need to have a choice. When left to my own devices, there's a good chance I'm going to choose laziness and sleeping in. If I had a choice, there's a good chance I might not choose to come to church every Sunday. Now, I know that's incredibly sad, perhaps disappointing to hear from your pastor. I'm just being honest. And I also say this because I want you to know that I'm not completely unlike you. Most, if not all, of you don't have to come to church. You're not on staff. When you come to church, you're making that choice. And again, when you don't come, you're making that choice. As your pastor, I wouldn't make it very far if I simply didn't show up. It's not good. It's important to have your pastor at church. Uh, Where's your pastor? Oh, he's probably asleep on the couch at home. Yeah, that's not good. But here's what is good. What's good is every moment I step through these doors and enter this building with each of you, there is not a moment that I have showed up to worship, to meet together, to eat together, to play together or to study together that I regret coming. Not a single one. Because here's the truth for today. There's something special that takes place when the body of Christ comes together. It's holy. It's rejuvenating. It's life-giving. It's unexplainable. But here's what we can all understand. We were made for community. As human beings, God created us for each other. God made us for community. In fact, the reason we are all we all exist is because God made us for community. We looked at creation last week. Well, in Genesis 2, God has made all the living creatures, and then God makes Adam. God makes the first male human being. And Adam goes around naming all the other animals, but realizes that none of them offer him true companionship. He realizes he's alone and he doesn't like it. So God puts Adam asleep and out of Adam's rib, God makes Eve the first female human being. And one becomes two. There was one and then there was community. Of course, the other is true as well. The two became one and from them, you and I are here. You see, we were made for community. We were made for each other. And we are better together than we are apart. I'll say that again. We are better together than we are apart. As we are around the eighth month mark of this pandemic, wouldn't you agree that we are better together than apart? Wouldn't you agree with me that we are made for community? We're made for each other. For a lot of us, sadly, it's taken the fact that we have been forced to be away from each other for so long to realize how much we need each other. We took for granted the fact that we could just gather together anytime we wanted to, any way we wanted to. And now that's not as easy anymore. If you're like me, you're, you're hungry for relationships. You're hungry for community. I say all this to lead us into talking about our third heresy. And I, and I realize the last two weeks have been some deep, thoughtful, theological stuff. We've addressed whether Jesus is God or not, and whether or not all people are good by nature. That's some deep stuff. Some of you are still thinking on what I've said, and that's okay. And those two issues stretched me and my ability to communicate and teach and help us all understand what we believe as Christians. It was tough. But this week, it's a different kind of tough. This week, the depth of theology is not that deep. But the opportunity for you to misunderstand me or to not hear my heart is greater. I hope that you know my heart and will hear my heart this morning. So if we go back to the LifeWay research study that was conducted back in March of this year, I want to address our final heresy of this series. Again, people from all over the country were given various statements about God and faith and the church, and they were asked if they agreed or disagreed with the statements. One of the statements was this, "...worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church." 58% agreed with this statement, while only 29% disagreed, 13% were unsure. Now, here is where I pray, and I hope you know and hear my heart. This was a survey taken right at the beginning of COVID, in the pandemic and church, church closings. In fact, most churches were still going and operating like business as usual. If you're sitting at home because of your concerns with COVID or you've been slow to return to in-person worship because of COVID, I totally understand and I want you to stay safe. If you have underlying health conditions or you're going to be around loved ones with underlying health conditions and you don't want to risk taking the virus to other people, I totally understand and I want you to stay home. In fact, this week we have installed these fancy, amazing cameras in the church so you can see everything going on in worship safely at home. I'm telling you, I kind of argued with God about this sermon. I was like, listen, I'm not sure this is exactly what people need to hear right now. They're just going to hear me complaining about people not coming to church and I, don't, and I don't care about their safety and well-being. But I hope you know that is not the case. Here's what I do want you to hear. Worshiping alone is perfectly fine. We should be doing our own prayer time and singing time and studying of scriptures. Absolutely. We should be doing more family worship. I know that I have been convicted of that with my own family. Family worship is important as a way of passing down the faith to our children and our grandchildren. Those things are perfectly fine. But they are not and cannot replace the regular worship of the body of Christ. They cannot replace being together as the church in worship. Again, and I'm going to say this probably a couple more times just so I'm clear, but I totally understand if you are worshiping at home during this pandemic. These are unusual days. And there are some of you that need to stay home and worship online, absolutely, but what many of you are feeling and realizing and understanding more fully now than ever, and perhaps you, know it, but you knew it before, but you know it on a deeper level now, is that being at home and watching online is not the same thing. It's just not. And I can't wait for the time when it is safe enough for all of you and your family to be back here in this place. You see, worship is more than just you and I individually praising God. It is also us corporately worshiping God. Whether it's a worship service, Bible study, small group, um, Sunday school class, there is something about being together with the body of Christ. Fellow believers that strengthen us and encourages us and enlivens us. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When we gather together as the church, we're encouraged. We're encouraged by each other's words. We're encouraged by each other's prayers. We're encouraged by simply seeing each other's faces. We're encouraged to simply keep going, to keep living, to keep serving, to keep loving, and to keep doing good. These are the things that we experience only by being together. And I know that's a challenge right now. It's hard to meet together at least the way we used to. But just because something's hard or different doesn't mean we should give it up. Our passage talks about not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Again, there are some of you that are meeting online because that is your only option right now. A good friend of mine has started saying, and I've told him that I'm going to steal it, is that we have several different ways for you to join us in worship. It doesn't matter which one you choose. It does matter that you choose. And for many of you, our online options are your only choice. Again, I absolutely understand. I encourage you to continue joining us online. But then there are others. And if you're watching this or listening to this, I'm probably preaching to the choir, but just like our passage, there are some who are in the habit of not meeting together. It's amazing to think of how quickly habits can be formed. And during these last eight months, we have formed some good habits and not-so-good habits. A not-so-good habit would be choosing not to worship, whether online or in person. And while this pandemic may be a reason, it isn't the reason. The research study I've been using for this series and the one that gave the statement about worshiping at home being a suitable replacement for regularly attending church, this study was done before the pandemic. It was done about a week before most churches suspended in-person worship. So before all of this, almost 60% of people believed not meeting together as the church was okay. Most people believed worshiping alone was a replacement for regularly attending church. Again, worshiping alone or with your family should be done, absolutely, but it's not a replacement for being together as the body of Christ. But here's the thing. I already knew this. I already knew the results of this study before there was ever a thought about doing the study. Remember how I talked about growing up in the church and going to church and there wasn't an option to not go to church? And you could say that was because of my dad who was a preacher, sure, absolutely, that was a big part of it. But today things are different. And I'm not talking about this pandemic, I'm talking about priorities. I'm talking about there being so many options, or at least we allow there to be so many options. In so many ways, we prioritize other things in our lives and in our kids' lives over regularly meeting together as the church. And this was happening long before COVID or this pandemic. Somewhere along the way, regularly attending church became an option on the menu, like a combo meal at McDonald's. Church had and has become the thing we do if we don't have anything else to do. Coming together as the body of Christ in worship, study, or fellowship is something we think about doing if we aren't too tired from getting back from vacation or if we have a break in the kids' schedule. Now, I know some of you just turn me down or you turn me off, but I'm simply conveying what I believe to be a reality in the American church and in our church. And the research bears it out. But I want you to hear why the writer writer of Hebrews was so adamant about Christ followers not giving up meeting together. In the verses before, he writes, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, That is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Through Jesus, followers of Christ had new access to God. Before Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, his payment for our sins, we were blocked from God. Our sin kept us at a distance from God. This was physically represented in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, by a curtain. Once a year, the Jewish high priest would enter the Holy of Holies behind the curtain and offer sacrifices for the sins of the Jewish people. One person representing them all. And if you remember during the crucifixion, as Jesus was dying, the curtain in the temple was torn in two, meaning our access to God was no longer restricted. We could go to God directly. With Jesus now as our high priest, we could go directly to God through faith in Christ. We can draw near to God with a sincere heart. And so, one could argue that this just proves that worshiping alone or with one's family can be a replacement for regularly attending church. Again, I would say that we certainly can worship alone and with our families, but These are not to be a replacement for worshiping together as a church. I would also argue that now, since we have no restrictions to our access to God, that because of what Christ did on the cross, we can draw near to God, why on earth would we want to limit that access by worshiping alone or just with our family? Wouldn't we now want to share that with other believers, other Christ followers? Wouldn't we want like our passage from Hebrews talks about, to encourage each other by continually gathering together? I would hope so. Because remember, we are made for community. We are made for each other. We're not solitary creatures. We need each other. We need community. So as we continue to navigate these difficult and trying days, I want to encourage you to continue to gather together. For some of you, that's online, and again, I hope you hear me and know my heart. Please continue to join us online for worship and other ways we've provided and will provide in the future if that's what you need to do, please. But I also invite you to find opportunities to gather together in person. We're doing our absolute best to provide a safe environment in all of our gatherings and meetings. And I know things are not the way they used to be, but what is? I mean, Papa Bucks has a drive-thru, and Chick-fil-A only has a drive-thru and hasn't opened up their dining room. The World Series has the Dodgers and Tampa Bay in it, yet it's being played in Texas. Things aren't the same, and that is no less true for the church. This time that we are in can, can make it easy to give up on meeting together. But it doesn't have to be. Nothing compares or can replace gathering together as the body of Christ. Because we were made for community. We have lots of different ways to gather together. It doesn't matter which one you choose. It does matter, however, that you choose. Remember, I love you. God loves you. Amen.